Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. Many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Hello, and welcome back to the next episode of IT4 Whiskey. My name is Joe Yusia, and I'm joined today with one of my best buds in the world, Myron Herrera. Hey, what's up? I'm a little sore throat-ish. I just got back from Vegas. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, no, no other thing has to be said. Well, it's also the season, changing the seasons and whatnot. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you? How are things in uh, cold Canada? Well, it's actually not too bad right now. You know, it's, it is cold. It's chillier than it was a few weeks ago, but uh, I'm not going to blame. How about you from your side? How are things, uh, how are things going? Uh, things are good. You know, we're, we're just finishing off all the, you know, merging of all the systems and stuff from the acquisition and um, the new team has uh, settled in. That's going well. But yeah, but things are good. It's, it's funny because when you think about what's happened over the last year and a half in the pandemic or close to two years now, I don't know about you guys, but we went through a period where it was really slow and it was quiet and it was slow. And, you know, it's kind of funny because in line with our, our, our topic of today about slow growth. And, and how do you overcome that? We, we did some things that, to kind of help get that, that cycle going during the pandemic. A lot of it was us trying to, or I shouldn't say us, a lot of it was me trying to catch up with a lot of things that I'd been behind on. And it's funny, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, we spent New Year's Eve together, 19 to 20, and uh, New Year's Eve in 2020. And I said that evening, this is pre-pandemic, I said, I, gee, I just need four weeks. I can get a four-week window where everyone just, you know, backs off and leaves me alone so I can get caught up. I, you know, I know it's never going to happen. Well, those are my famous last words because fast forward 90 days, I had a lot, long time. So yeah. I got caught up, which was really actually good for us from a management side because I was able to get a lot of things accomplished and, and things I wanted to do for a long time. And it's actually helped our business in 21 significantly. We were able to evolve, grow, change, and become a better company as a result of it. What did, you know, what the reality is, what do you do when business is slow and how do you overcome that is the real question of today and the topic of today's episode. No, I think that, you know, if you look at, you know, when the pandemic hit and things dried up, a lot of businesses were riding on the growth that they were expecting. And when things hit and they saw these avenues dry up, it was very difficult for them to, to keep things going. And that's where you see, you know, unfortunately some businesses closed down and things like that because they weren't, they weren't ready to deal with the downturn. But you, you know, what you gotta do in a situation like that is quickly pivot. What what makes sense? I mean, I'll give you a, a, a you know, we, we talk about off the air, we talk about knife all the time, our favorite steakhouse, right? And has this has nothing to do with IT, but it's the it's the thought, right? So when when restaurants were closed because of the pandemic, the owner pivoted and took all of the steaks that they had, all these dry aged steaks and, and things like that, 
and started uh, through social media say, hey, I have the dry steak eggs, uh, steaks. You know, you can order them. Come pick drive-through pickup. And, you know, and he did this like, it was like within a, 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 like two weeks of the restaurant being closed. And, and he was selling steaks, whether you wanted them cooked or whether you wanted them, you know, just raw, but he was getting it out there. And then uh, the restaurant next door to them said, look, we, we have access to eggs and milk. And I know that's difficult, you know, in the uh, out there right now. And they pivoted. My point is that they pivoted and they survived. And, you know, as you and I know, we, we enjoy the, a nice, a nice, Thank God they survived. <laughs> <And copper knife. laughs> so, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, when, when things get tough, you know, don't pound your head against a door or a wall, trying to do the same thing that you've done forever. You need to pivot and say, okay, what does work? What can I, let's try something else and be flexible enough to try these new things. So now as we get out of, a little bit out of this pandemic and you know it seems like some pockets are opening up you know how do we drive how do we drive this business how do we how do we make it less slow well that's a that's a great question so struggle that i remember having when we were a really really small company is how and what i mean really small when we were just two of us maybe three how do we get business in the door and what do we do to to keep it you know uh, consistent. And I remember in the early days, you know, we would often discuss peaks and valleys of the business. And it was really hard to try to find that equal ground, like that even uh, business flow. It took us years to figure that one out. And what I realized, the secret formula to that was even in the worst of times when business is really slow and you're not even sure if you're going to make payroll kind of thing, is not to focus and emphasize that problem because all you're doing is focusing on the negativity instead what i did was i went out there and talked to more people started talking to peers in the industry like other msps and saying hey you know i've got some resources that are free do you have any overflow kind of thing and from that we engaged in a channel friendly manner and that's the one thing about i love about our channels for the most part not everyone is painted with this brush but for the most part it's a really collaborative industry Yes. And I as agree. much as we compete each other against each other in some geographies, when it comes down to it, I mean, you're listening to this podcast only because of the mentality of give back to, to each other and try to help each other be stronger. And I found that going to the community and just talking to my peers, like other MSP owners, other VAR owners, uh, and even some telco guys, I was able to fill the gaps and I was able to get business that way. Was it sustainable? No, it's not a long-term sustainable model when you're that small, but did it help us get through some hard times? Absolutely. And to this day, we still work with most of those, many of those uh, partners that we engaged with, competitors slash partners, and we still help each other out. Because when I was going through a hard time, they're like, you know what? I actually have this work here. Can you go do this? Can you do that? And it didn't matter. As long as it was IT related, it didn't matter what it was. We'd go and do some cabling or I'd go rack and stack some servers for someone or whatever the case may be. And it, and it did pan out for us. So that was one way, but I wouldn't focus exclusively on that. I would focus on helping develop your own brand more than anything else, helping develop your marketplace. And what I mean by that is as opposed to sitting back and stressing, oh my God, are we going to make payroll? Oh my God, I got to pay distribution. Oh my God, I got to pay my cell phone bills. Instead of stressing on that and wasting time on that, go out there and get more business. Talk to more customers. 
go to a chamber event. You'd be surprised how powerful chamber events can be. Go and, you know, network with peers, do whatever it is it takes. And in some scenarios, believe it or not, go back to your distributors and say, hey, do you know of anyone that's looking to partner? Do you know anyone that needs some service work? We've got some cycles right now. And the referral base that we would get from distribution out there is also enormous. So those are the things that you can do to fill the gaps while you're going out there and prospecting and trying to find new customers. But that all said, don't forget the most important one. Go to your existing customers and ask for referrals. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that while you work on those big those big ticket items that you you know basically will will potentially take a little bit longer, you have to go back to those that already know you and really reach out. I, it's it's incredible how many MSPs I talk to, and I say, have you gone back to your customers and asked? for referrals. And they say, yeah, I've been thinking about that. You know, they, you have to go back. It's the easiest way to get a couple of leads. Those leads that are coming are hot, like really hot. And they typically close half the, your sales cycle, right? So if your sales cycle is like 60, 90 days, let's say it's 90 days, these will close out in 45 or less. You know, sometimes it takes two phone calls and a, and a meeting and you're good to go. It, it is important that you, you focus on those things and don't be don't be you know on your regular qbr calls or a regular monthly call or whatever you call it with with your customer just say hey you know just you know we're trying to grow you know is there anybody else you know that may might be able to help you know need our help and you'd be surprised you'd be surprised if if they don't have anybody i bet you that if they're a good customer they would probably say look i don't have anybody but if you need to use me as a reference you can go ahead and use me as a reference and that is just almost as good as gold. So you start with that, then you can, whether you get a, a lead or not, then you go and you, you go to the chamber and stuff and say, look, and whenever you introduce yourself, look, I can provide references. You already have them locked down and it will, it will get you through while you work on that long-term plan. Agreed. It worked for us. The one thing I will also say, we made a mistake at one point in time, I'll say mistake, but wasn't really a mistake, but it was a learning experience. That's what you, you learned from it. You learned from it. So that's it. We, we learned from one thing. We, we, there was um, five, 10 years ago. I can't remember when it was, but there was a few years back, uh, probably about five years ago, we, we were moving offices and the entire move, the landlord botched it. He really screwed us over. It was really bad. In all honesty, if we weren't so solid as a company, uh, we probably wouldn't be here today. That's how bad it was. It was six months of uh, interruption to our business. It had a severe financial impact. Yeah, it was bad. And so what I thought, I thought at the time is, well, while I'm dealing with all this stuff, because I basically had to GC the whole project myself in the end for the renovation and the leaseholds, it was that bad. What I thought was, well, while I'm doing this, all I'm going to do to focus on sales is I'm going to pump social media like crazy. I'm going to put Three posts a day on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, blah, 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 whatever. Any social media platform I can find. And that's all I was doing. And because I could do it on my phone as I'm running around dealing with the trades. Well, let me tell you what that resulted in. Do you know how much business we made off of six months of steady social media posting on every platform we can find? Just give me a, give me a shot. Give me a dollar value. How much you think we made? I'm a hundred grand. Try zero. Okay. Because what I failed to realize is that strategy only works short, uh, long-term. It's not a short-term strategy. That's correct. You, you need to build your presence over long-term. 
If you expect that you're going to do two, three posts a day on every platform out there and that within 30 days, business is going to start coming to you, you're sadly mistaken. And I learned that the hard way, right? I was expecting, okay, I can't do calls. I can't do this. I can't go see customers. I can't do meetings. Can't do QBRs because I'm consumed with this. Hindsight being 2020 was a stupid mistake. We should have just abandoned the place and moved somewhere else. But I didn't realize at the time the powers that I had in a sense. I was so focused on that social media and I was investing every free minute I had into it so that I could deal with the leaseholds and GC it because the GC didn't know what he was doing for a building that wasn't even mine on top of everything. That was the worst part that I got no return out of. So it was just, it was a bad decision I made. It was a life lesson. And to compound that, I was expecting social media to help me fill that void. I believe that if I would have continued doing that consistently for the last five years, maybe today I might start seeing leads come out of it because that's how long it takes. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's the truth. We've realized that social is a, you have to do it and it takes a long time to get leads from it. Uh, you have to establish your brand pretty well. And you have to get your customers to endorse your brand. And there's a lot of other things that have to happen, right? So that's why I believe that if, if you know, you take social away and you do it the old fashioned way and you talk to your customers and you talk to your peer, you know, you're going to get leads. Even, even talking to peers, like you were talking before, do you have an overflow or whatever? There's going to be opportunities, you know, in our case, we're in city. I have friends in in the MSP space and as everybody knows in a lot of places. So, but they may say, Hey, I have a customer that has an office in in Dallas and I'm in New York. Can you help? And then all of a sudden we, we, we support the office in Dallas and, and so on and so forth. So, there's opportunities. We just have to be out there, putting yourself out there and talking and things like that, going to events. You know, um, we were talking off the air that you were you were at the at the one event that was at the other event. And I saw people there. And, you know, last night before I, I left Vegas, I bumped into somebody and we talked about how we can help each other. He sells, you know, Internet services and things like that. And we, we talk deals and he's got a couple of customers that need VoIP and he's got a couple of customers that need MSP and some customers that need internet services and it works, you know? So you have to put yourself out there. You have to do relationship. You have to talk. The social media piece of the world is the, is the, the process <laughs> that, that keeps the thing going long-term. But you have to do the short-term stuff and it's the hustle and bustle. Agreed. And, and, and the one thing that I will say about social media is it provides credibility that you're real. Because, for example, if you have a prospect that, that looks, comes and looks at your website or looks at your social media profile and they see no activity, you've never posted anything, et cetera, et cetera, notwithstanding what the content is, just the fact that there's activity Versus, you know, someone that has activity, they may be posting garbage, but they're posting, you know, in the last year, they have 700 posts versus company A that has zero, regardless of the, the validity of the content. The f- fact that someone's that means they're real versus, I don't know who these guys are, right? Or who this company is. They just showed up all of a sudden. Right, exactly. It's like a fly by the, the, the seat of night, fly by night kind of company, or they've been around for a while. So if you look our company up, you'll see postings that go back a long, long time. And I've actually had prospects say to me, oh yeah, I looked you up. You, you guys have a you know decent social profile. You know, I see that you've been around for a while. 
So that's all it's ever done for us. I'll be very blunt. Like we've never received, maybe we've gotten one lead over yeah. the last 10 years. I, I don't know what the number is, but it, it's nothing that would even hit my radar to say that we've gotten business because someone saw a post and called me. The inverse to that is I, I will say people have said to me after I've prospected them, yeah, well, I looked you guys up online. You, you guys, you're pretty active. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm being treated now as real as somebody right. that's been in a while and, you know, has experience and has, you know, X number of followers, whatever the number is. And, you know, clearly we're not fake is my point. Right. And it's, it's almost similar to, you know, the whole concept of what, what uh, Zuckerberg brought to the world of the like icon or the like yep. emoji, whatever. Yep. And then you, you like people's pictures and you like people's Instagram posts and you like this and you like that. And all social media platforms do it now because that's the validity of, hey, you know, you're real, I'm real, let's, right? And it's, it's I, I would equate it to that saying, hey, you know what, you're real, you're out there, people follow you, you're following people, there's communication, there's this, that, the other. Great. Now that I know you're not fly by the night kind of company and I know you're right. established, okay, let's, let's have some business conversations, see what you can do. I'll tell you, no one, I don't even know if anyone ever reads our social media posts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I will say, though, most of the time when Greenlink puts those cool things up about, hey, what is this? Do you remember that? And what's the relationship between a pencil and a tape? <laughs> I, I usually comment on those. I like those ones. I actually like the Greenlink ones. I have fun with them. They are fun. They are fun. You know, you know what else is not a fly-by-the-night kind of place? Oh, boy, talk to me. This stuff that I'm drinking. What are you drinking, Myron? We are drinking today because my voice is all screwed up and this type of alcohol does it for me. I am having some Remy Martin cognac, fine champagne, oh, VSOP. Nice. Yeah, so doing some cognac, not your your standard whiskey, but similar, you know, yeah, in its in its, in, in its own way. I love this stuff. I I those that know me very well, like Joe, know that I like to karaoke at home. And, no, uh, and when I karaoke, you don't have. You, are you one of those guys that has a karaoke in your theater room? Uh, yeah. You wouldn't be, would you? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I karaoke, I cognac. Also, in the when it comes into November and December, and it's like the chilly weather, you know, it's a nice nice way to keep the body warm. I, I like my cognac. Uh, so that's what I'm having today. And that's by you said Remy Martin, right? Uh, yeah, Remy Martin. My my throat was terrible before it still doesn't sound great but um so sorry for all the listeners it does smooth it out and make it a lot a lot easier I, I learned that from a singer um that told me that he uses cognac cognac and honey oh that's that sounds interesting i, I don't have any honey on me but i because i and so in 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 light of your theme and by your inspiration i i do like cognac as well and i'm drinking the saint remy brand of remy martin which is just the brandy it's not made in the cognac region they still use the same stills in the same pots and the interesting thing about um saint remy is the process is a little different than how uh remy martin makes the the vsop so this is the state Remy XO. They're they're within I'd say five bucks of each other a bottle, and they have a very similar taste. That the the Saint Remy XO I find has more of a burn than the Remy Martin VSOP. But the Remy Martins, both of these are they're really good for sure. And again, you 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 think when you say cognac, you're thinking oh, very expensive. It's not expensive. This is like I think this bottle was like thirty dollars. You know. So, you know, it, it's it's really nice. Here, that bottle is about 50 Canadian, which which kind of evens out. Yeah. And the, the 
the the St. Remy for us is just under 40. So it's like within 10 bucks. So for you guys to be within five. So it's not an expensive bottle. What I do like about this brand, the Remy Martin brand of, of uh, cognacs, I always taste plum. Oh, for me, every time I'm drinking any uh, Remy Martin cognac or brandy, I taste plums. I don't know why. I would say that I, I get a lot of hint of ginger. Um, uh, and I have both. I have both bottles. So I, I, but I've always taste ginger in the Remy Martin. And the other thing is sometimes I feel like, um, and it, it depends. Like if I if I have it after sweets, it'll feel like apple pie. It's weird, oh. but that's yeah, yeah. Wow. So see, I'm not a big dessert person, so I I've never actually had it with sweets. But yeah, after sweets, did you have a little cognac? It's uh, it's fun. It's so. almost like the uh, the apple chips I made recently, where I put pumpkin pie spice in it. Mm. Oh, my kids went crazy over it because I make apple chips every fall. Uh, we go out pick apples together and yep. and whatnot, and uh, they make them into dehydrate them and put some cinnamon spice and usually but this time i put pumpkin pie spice on it and it was unbelievable it's that's my new go-to on when i dehydrate apples i have to buy a dehydrator you keep telling me about that that's another topic. Oh, let's, let's not let's not go into that let's not go no into that'll that. be for another episode another yeah day. Uh, i'll tell you one thing with the cognac giovanni he puts it in his coffee i know a lot of people that do that i haven't done it but he, he swears like by that. it yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. Well, you know what? It's like a lot of people like putting Bailey's in their coffee, right? Yeah, no, no Bailey's. Don't, I don't like that me. either. I find the acidity on when I put alcohol in coffee, it's just too acidic for my stomach. Bailey reminds me of a party back in when I was 22 years old. It's not a good. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bailey's reminds me of when Chris and I were flying back from Texas and the damage he didn't on the, the airplane bar. Let me just oh, do that. Hey, let's leave him alone. <laughs> but back on, on, on topic about um, slow, when during slow times, how do you overcome it? How do you stimulate your company? There was one more thought that I did have that I wanted to mention. Uh, believe it or not, uh, one of the, the things that you can do during slow times, you know, I've kind of downplayed the social media aspect of things. But what I find, what I found, and I still continue to find that works is using tools like LinkedIn InMail. For me, I find that InMail works really well. And we're not related to Microsoft or LinkedIn, endorsed by, sponsored by, or anything of the nature. I'm just a, a trick that I use. And the nice thing about InMail is it does take time to do your homework, and you've got to have a really good message behind it. But if you target someone and you message them directly with an InMail, They'll understand that somebody's soliciting right away. You know, when you see, cause I get like 10 a day and I know it's solicitation. That being said, I also know they've paid for that solicitation. So I often at least read it. So I'm the opposite end of that. I hate the LinkedIn stuff. I hate it with a passion. Yeah. And I get tons of people that just, the difference is this. I'll get tons of people that just randomly send me garbage. That's what it is. Oh, we're a software development firm from such and such country and and blah, blah, blah. Are you interested in our software? I'm like, we don't, like, you didn't even do any research on us. You don't know who we are. Why are you sending me this garbage in mail and wasting money? But there's a lot of times where I'll get companies that are aligned to our business. Yes. And they reach out to us. But the problem is that we don't get to control who's emailing you. There's no filter. There's no spam. There's no 
the block. And then people start emailing you, sending you these messages at like three in the morning. Okay. Let me ask you the different, let me ask you this though. Here's my strategy. I will go to my existing network and I'll look at their contacts. And at that point I'll say, Hey, Myron through an email. Hey, Myron, I see we're both connected by Ivan and I've worked with Ivan and I think maybe I might be able to help you. Would you be open to a five minute conversation? If not, have a great life. Do you know how successful I've been with that? I get that. I, it, it must be successful because I, I get a ton of those all the time. I just don't like it. I feel like it's, it's, it's a, you know, but I'm, I'm very selective. I'm not spamming. Like I've gotten some other ones. You're probably getting a lot cause they're all just spam, right? That's different. I get easily 20 a day. Yeah. I'm probably getting about five to 10 a day as well. But here's the difference is I, you can weed the spam out really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's my opinion. So let's, let's do a whole topic on this because I actually have a specialist that that's all she does for a living is help third parties. Maybe I'll talk to her about coming on as a guest. Oh, I mean, I got, we got social media people on staff too. I mean, we can bring people in. Don't flex on me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time for us to go. What do you think? I think this has been a great episode. So again, just you, you want to summarize for us, Myron, what we learned here today? I think the, the, the key to it is pivot when things are struggling, when you're struggling, don't be afraid to reach out to your network and your customers. And one other thing we didn't speak about is talk to your team, if you, your teammates, they, they know people, make sure that they're spreading the word. We've gotten some great leads from our, our team members uh, because they, you know, they just spread the word. So, but don't be afraid to go out there and ask for referrals. This is a simple, basic thing. And some of you are saying this is basic. It is basic, but it works. How often are we actually executing? That's the, that's the real thing. We get so busy. That's the problem. When you get really busy, you forget to execute on the basics. And, and then when you're, when you're not busy, you're like, well, what do I do again? Exactly. I think you do that while you work on your big plans with social media, branding, and you know, whether you're paying for, for outsourced marketing or whatever it is, but you're, you're, you're bringing in the, the business and talk to your peers because other MSPs need help. And if, if you can help them and have a good partnership, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it helps the channel as a whole. So with that, see you all later. Talk soon. Until next time. IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. You smoke that Cisco and you may uh, DDoS yourself.